0: morning beautiful souls so today I want to talk to you about lost souls and spirit attachment and this is something that I think we have covered in general in different ways um, in previous conversations however today I want to focus more a little bit on the lost souls to give you a greater perspective of What may be going on and why may be happening and how do we see this happening in the healing sessions? And sometimes people go to the point where they don't really want to, they don't really want to, sorry, they don't really want to understand when there is a spirit attachment because it's too, it can be, it can feel very, scary to know that you had a spirit attachment. Now, the thing is that this is so common that it's almost, it will be weird when we don't have a spirit attachment, because especially those that are listening to this type of conversations, because we are energetic beings. By definition, that means that we're always vibrating in a way that it is sending signals and receiving signals. And by definition, that means that we are also attracting when we are out in the street, when we are shopping, when we are in cemeteries, when we are doing spiritual work, we are constantly sending and receiving. There is always an energetic exchange that I have talked about many times. um, throughout many different conversations that we have. So this is nothing new about the energetic exchange. So why people are afraid of knowing that they have spirit attachments is because they feel sometimes is maybe I made a mistake. Maybe something is wrong and I allow this to happen. Maybe um, this cannot be real because that means multiple entities were with me and so on. So there is a lot of taboo and a lot of misconceptions about um understanding energy and how does it affect us when we have a spirit attachment so got some of my notes here so i can stay in track because otherwise i just go on tangents so let's first define very quickly what is a lost soul a lost soul is an energy a being a disembodied being that doesn't know that they have transition or doesn't want to admit to themselves that they have transitioned. So what they do is that they want to continue to assist by leaving off another being and taking energy from that other being so that they can continue to be alive. That's what they're processing. When somebody dies, it's almost... the physical body dies, but their other bodies, the astral bodies and the light bodies, your aura that has so many different bodies, which is the definition of the aura is the energetic fluid around you that protects you um, from other things, right? So when people come in within this feeling in, in contact with you and you feel like they're in your personal space, that's because they're invading your auric field. So your auric field has many different layers. So the physical body is just one of those, the physical, the material. When that dies, the astral body and the other bodies are still trying to figure out what happened. Now, the astral body, sometimes the, 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 let's see if we can find another word, the, the spirit within you, doesn't realize that they have transition. So they stay around. When somebody dies and you feel like, hmm, I just felt them or I just heard their voice or I feel like they're coming and being with me at night and this and that, it's because most probably they are around and they haven't realized that it's time for them to go, which is why in the old days, for example, in the Dominican Republic and some of the Caribbean islands, We used to do, and we still do, some people do continue the tradition where they will do different uh, ceremonies, different prayers for the spirit to know, oh, this is happening because I died. So it's to help them understand that they have transition. So we, we used to do the nine days and then the one year, one day, and so on to let them know because sometimes what happens is that even for the physical, we think of one year, one day, but in that realm... They don't understand time the way that we do. So it's just to help those different parts of your spirit understand you are no longer in the physical. You need to continue your journey. You need to go in peace. You need to heal and so on. So if the if the person that died doesn't know that they have transition, they stay in this realm, in this material realm. And they believe that they are alive. So they attach to other beings, normally those that are more in a very strong, energetic uh, connection. And sometimes what happens is that you have a very strong, energy, energetic connection with someone because you love them, because um, maybe that, that is your grandparents, your father, your neighbor, and so on. But sometimes even with the enemies, you um, if you have a very strong enemy that really caused you a lot of harm, you might find them sooner than you find those that you love because that's where a lot of the anger and the resentment and so on was in touch with you. So you become part of that other being to molest them, to bother them, to cause them harm because now it's payback time, right? So when a loss. When somebody dies and they become and they stay trapped in this reality because they don't know any better, because they're still suffering, because they left things undone, because they're worried that the child is not going to be okay without them, because they're worried about the spouse or so on, or because they liked a lot of things in this physical reality, whether it is sexual desires, drugs, alcohol, um, whatever you can think of, that keeps them anchor in this material realm, that means that they have become a lost soul. They don't. Uh, they either know that they have transitioned, but they don't want to admit it and move on, or they are clueless and they're in shock. So for example, somebody that dies in a motorcycle accident, car accident, or out of nowhere, nothing expected, it is a tragic accident, and they can still be in that moment where they transition in a loop. So somebody goes nearby and feels sorry about the the accident, or a family member gets there and they're crying desperately, and, and you know the situation is out of hand. That energy, that transition, that human, that transition can follow that person and then become attached to their auric field because they don't know how to detach once they attach. It's very hard to detach once they attach to someone, unless they are assisted. Um, so it is important to understand the difference. So in spirit attachment comes, the idea is that a spirit attachment is a spirit that attaches to your auric field. It could be a lost soul, it could be Um, an elemental. It could be a disembodied energy that is malicious, um, malevolent, that doesn't want the highest good for you. It could be an energy that is very strong, uh, negative energy that is very strong. And it can also be implants, um, ET implants. Um, That's a whole different conversation for another day. So we're going to leave that for another day. So here, what we're going to talk about is this is your... Let me just do this. This is you. This is you. And then the low spirit could be here to the side. And you have your auric field like an egg around you. And then this energy, that transition, that doesn't have a human body anymore, but it has energy. It's an energetic being because we're all energy. This energy... Gets in touch with your auric field and then it attaches to the point that it can no longer leave unless something is done to assist it to be removed. So, what happens is that they stay there and they become part of who you are. And then, little by little, they send information to your thoughts, to your psychic, so that their psychic and your psychic become one. And that's why sometimes people don't know if the problems that they have are they theirs or somebody else. Because sometimes those problems that, that this embodied energy had becomes your problem, depending on how long they're there with you. So let's say this person had an alcohol use problem. So you have no alcohol use problem, but you might be a very happy person. And then you start getting a little sad and you don't know why. It's just random. It's just like, whoa, I was okay. Now I'm not. That could be because an energetic being came in contact with your auric field out of nowhere. When you go to shopping, when you go to the beach, when you go somewhere and something is a little off, that is not normal. You could be paying attention to yourself and saying, no, something is off here. Because at that moment, if you notice that something is off, what you can cl- quickly do is to cleanse your auric field. And when you cleanse your auric field intentionally, you are helping those energetic beings or that astral energy or larva, word, whatever it may be, to detach from your auric body. Sometimes if it's really heavy, you may need to do spiritual baths and so on. So what happened eventually, though, let's say this energy stays on the outer field of your auric And eventually, little by little, it becomes, it goes in a little more, a little more onto, it makes it to the inside of your physical. That means if, if it's already attached to your physical material, meaning your mind, your brain, your thoughts, that energy is now part of you. And to remove that energy, it has to do, we have to do a lot of work. Because now it's part of your mental state. It's part of your psyche. So to remove that energy that is part of your psyche, normally it's not done with um, anything that is like a spiritual bath or anything like that. It's not going to remove that because it's been there so long that now we need a different process to remove those things. And that's why we do the spirit attachment, releasement sessions. But the key thing here is that most of the time, people not only have this one. Let's say you, you went through a period where, You experience a lot of stress, a lot of sadness, or a lot of shame, embarrassment, a lot of guilt, a lot of hate, a lot of jealousy, envy. All of those are signals. All of those emotions, feelings are energy. They are codes within the energy that sends signals across the universe to let whoever is resonating at the same frequency and whoever is disembodied is going to be able to receive those frequency faster and come in contact with you. So now you have, instead of just one, you might have seven or eight. So if they're only attached to the outer field, you can cleanse that with a spiritual bath. You can cleanse that with your hands, with different things that we do. But once they enter and penetrate your auric field, then you need more work, more serious work within your mind in order for you to release this. I'll give you an example of this because I think a lot of people might be confused. Also, a lot of these things are not only lost souls from this life. They could be lost souls. Part of you in another experience where you lived and experience, a past life and you die and you stuck, you got stuck. So those lost souls that are you in a previous life can be haunting you to let you know this is something that we need to heal i'll give you a very good example i think months ago i talked about how i was having issues with this eye and i had a little thing there that i just if it was blurry i even got into a car accident because of this blurry thing in my eye and i was like something is off and i know something is off and i wanted to I worked on it. I did a few sessions. I had to do quite a few sessions. And eventually, on the last session, the last layer, because there are layers to this, on the last layer of those sessions that I did for myself, and I worked with other therapists too, in order for me to work through this past life therapists, my colleagues. And you know what we found? We found so many different lives. And the last life was me in another experience where I couldn't. I had a very difficult relationship with someone thousands of years ago. It looked like Vikings or something like that. And this man put a stick on my eye because I was not being um, obedient. Once we did that last session, because I did four or five different sessions for this eye, because one session was not enough, I, I was still having issues. Well, it's gone. The issue is gone. So you can see how the layers are there. But this energy that I thought at one point, I honestly thought this has to be a spirit attachment because I cannot see and I I can feel it move. I can feel everything. I'm thinking it's something outside of me because that was the most common thing. Um, After working for so long on myself, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking this has to be something I picked up or something. Well, yeah, it was something I picked up because I was ready to work on it, right? I picked it up from myself and I was ready to work on it. So we have to look at these things as an opportunity to heal. And we cannot be afraid of what does it mean to have a spirit attachment? Sometimes people have this idea. I cannot have a spirit attachment because that means I did something wrong. That means something is wrong with me or I'm going to continue to attract um, different energies and stuff like that. But I see it as an opportunity to know what we need to heal. So when we start seeing the issues in that light, we are no longer so afraid of what does it mean to have a spirit attachment? Of course, there's situations where you go into a session and what you find is not a dead person that had a physical body and is now haunting you, but it could be something more malicious. And then we work on that and it's not just a one-off session. So That's why multiple sessions are required because we cannot think one session is going to get rid of the problem. So there are different reasons why these things may attach to us from stress, from, you know, at a moment when you're having a lot of um, stress, a lot of um, abuse, mental, emotional, physical abuse, sexual abuse, or whatever it is, a part of your soul, if it's very stressful or when you get really scared for something or... You know, maybe somebody died unexpectedly. In that moment, a piece of your soul gets out and is trying to figure out, like, what is going on because the physical might not be it might not be able to handle it, right? So what happens is at that moment that a piece departs, another thing can come also in contact with you and become part of you quicker than just penetrating the auric field. So it really depends on what is going on with the person and and what happened when this thing became part of you so we can understand. Also, if it's a karmic obsessor spirit guy, a spirit energy, and it's funny that I said guy because sometimes I see them as guys too because they're guiding you to what you need to heal. Some of these things you have been dealing with for many different lifetimes. So when we find as a karmic obsessor energy, I'm not looking at it as... This is a very evil energy that just wants to hurt you. I'm looking at it like this is an energy that is offering healing because it's letting us know we need to go to the origin of this. And normally when somebody has a karmic obsessor um, energy, it's because they have been the aggressor in another life. They have been the one victimizing others. They have been the ones that maybe did the physical abuse, the sexual abuse. Maybe they killed people. Maybe they kill many, many people. I have sessions with people that have killed a lot of people in past lives. And only when they get to that point where they can see the other side of themselves as the abuser is when they start seeing a lot of progress within them here now to feel better. Because they're letting go of all the weight of all the things that they believe they are because of that life. And what happened is in those lives, they will curse themselves. Sometimes it's not somebody else doing the curse. Sometimes it's us. When we die and we say, oh, my God, look how evil I was. I can no longer be happy and I, you know, I will never be happy again. You are cursing yourself. So in every incarnation that you have, you are prone to feel sad, depressed, lonely and so on because you're still thinking Your soul is still operating from that reality where something really bad happened. And no matter what you do, unless you go into those lives and you resolve those issues and you forgive your soul and you really do it from the heart. It's not going to change if you say, I forgive myself and you don't know why you're forgiving yourself. You have to be very intentional. The consciousness of the situation that happened is key for the soul to really understand it is over with. Otherwise, it keeps repeating in a loop. So when we go to past lives and we find those lives where there is a lot of abuse done by you to others, you can guarantee that you are going to feel a huge shift in your life because you are letting go of such a big backpack that you've been carrying for many, many lifetimes. And sometimes what happens is that you go through one of those lives and it's so dense and scary, and because you feel that you loved what you did in that moment, that you feel like, oh my God, I may be bringing this here. But the way that the searching is done is done with a lot of tactics and a lot of. Things that are happening that you have no idea what's happening because you're the client. But we as a therapist, we know how to navigate with you so that when you're done, you're done. And you all you got to do is trust the process. And when that is done, within a few days, you start feeling like, oh, my God, I cannot believe this is happening because you are letting go of thousands of energies within you of where you cause abuse. Every time that we do harm to somebody else, We take their energy and because it doesn't belong to us, we feel it as a backpack, as a very, very heavy backpack. So when we work through those situations, whether it is in this life or a past life, you're just letting yourself be who you are so that you're not carrying anything else that doesn't belong to you. And this is very important because sometimes what happens is even when people are having surgery and when we have surgery the anesthesia makes our spirit get out for a second because it's not, it's, it falls asleep at another level. It gets unconscious and when it's going to be unconscious, a piece of, the soul leaves and is waiting for you to regain consciousness so that you can come back. So what happens sometimes What we find with people that come and they, they have no idea what's going on and they start seeing through their session what happened. They go through a moment when they actually were in surgery and the soul is still back there waiting for them for whatever reason they couldn't connect back in maybe there was too much chaos maybe something happened maybe there was too much trauma it's waiting to get back in so we go back and rescue those pieces and this can happen in in surgery when the soul is waiting on the sidelines and another thing wants to take advantage especially if it's an energy that is already attached to you the outer part of your auric beam, it can then penetrate faster. So this is very complex. Um, and, and I think my goal for today is to invite people that may be afraid of having spiritual attachment to understand that it is an opportunity for the soul to, to heal, for us to heal. Because when we find those energies that don't belong to us, If we say, no, that's not what it is because we don't have the consciousness of understanding, we're postponing some of that healing so that when you go through a session and you find those things and you postpone because you're saying that's not what it is, that's not what it is, and I am in denial, what what you're doing is you're postponing your healing. Um, Another thing that I wanted to mention is, let's see, I wrote a... um, Okay, yeah, I want to quickly go over the different type of energies that can attach to us. So we have the, the family members, friends that when they transition, they might be worried about us so that they stay. A piece of them may stay with us. It doesn't have to be the whole thing because what people don't understand is because we're energy and because of the soul has so many um particles within what it composes the soul the being of light that we are one piece may be enough to cause for you to feel like something is off here for example when my grandfather died I was 15 years old and I couldn't take it even though I knew that he was going to die I just couldn't take it so when he transitioned I was so in denial that I didn't want to hear. So at that point, he left, but a piece of me stayed in that experience because I wasn't able to handle it. So I had to go back to that moment to rescue that piece of my soul that was left in that experience because I didn't know how to grieve. I didn't want to let him go. He was like my dad. He raised me. So I stay in that experience, a faith team, and that cost him so much Um so much within me that I had to really address that in order for me to feel more complete, more whole, because a piece of me was missing. What happens sometimes is if that person doesn't have a very high consciousness, they will stay because they're worried about you. And then you start behaving the same way that they behave. You might start drinking the coffee the same way that they did. You might start eating some of the things that they ate. You might start doing some things that they do. I had a client that she would start touching herself like a male, thinking that she had a male piece there, a private part, because when her husband died, he became part of her and she would do it automatically without noticing. So you start doing things that will remind you of your loved ones when they transition. That means a piece of them probably stay with you. So we have to be very conscious um, and aware of that. To answer your question, Muse, um, um, we we could be so many. We don't know how many lives we have to go through to heal a specific issue, right? So, you know, when I go through, when I was dealing with my eye situation, I had a total of four or five sessions before it went away. And every time that I had a session, I was like, okay, that's it, because I feel really good. Two, three days later, it will come back because it wasn't. That wasn't the layer. That was not the final layer. So I had to go through four, I think it was five different sessions that I had to have to address this issue. And this issue was a big problem for like a year for me because no matter what I did, I did so many spiritual baths. I'm like, something is going on with this eye and I'm thinking it's I'm lost. So I'm thinking it's something outside of me. Until to one day I was like, okay, well, if it's not, you know, I started discounting like, okay, it's not, a lost soul that is outside of me because I did the spiritual bath that didn't work. I did the trance and I went through this and that didn't work. And so I started and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do therapy for myself and with, all, with other practitioners so that I can address this. So I got lucky because I have a good group of um, friends that we work together from different countries and I work with a few of them every time. I thought that was it because it felt so good, and then a couple of days later it will come back. So I knew there was another layer. I didn't just do one session; I had to do multiple sessions because that's how it works with healing. It's very rare for someone to have immediate relief with just one session, even though we want to be we want to think that we're that lucky, right? So anyway, so with the different types are going to be family members, friends, of, friends of the family, people that we know. We could be teachers, whoever we know, right? We can also have um, the obsessors, the karmic obsessors. We can also have elementals. The elementals could be anything from the dwarves, the fairies, things that are not um, elementals. They're just elementals. Then we also have disembodied energies that are malevolent, like Um, what we often know as demonic entities. And we also have the ET implants. And I'm going to leave that for another day because the ET implants is a whole conversation that can take us hours to navigate through. And the thing is that a lot of people don't understand how serious is the ET implants and how they affect us because a lot of us don't believe in it. I mean, I didn't believe in it at the beginning. I'm like, this is way too much. Like, First time, I think I had an alien situation that was very clear. I think it was 2019, and I was like, this is not real. I'm denying the whole thing. Anyway, so when we think about that, we also have those that are um, imposter spirit guides. Um, No, guys, they're imposter spirits that they will pretend to be spirit guides, and they are so good to the point that People, even when we're in session, they don't want to see the lines because they're so good at making them feel that they're real to the point where the person feels, if if this is not real, I that means I have been working with, with a lie. And therefore everything I have done is a lie. So it can be very traumatic to find the imposter spirit guides for the people, for our clients, um, because we are so attached to those things that we know. So when something is becoming to the point where the person is like, Oh my God, I've been lied to. I've been betrayed by these energies. They, they it can go very dark, very fast because they feel like too many thousand fears. I don't know who to trust anymore. I don't know if the, any of this is real, you know, like it, it just, it becomes very chaotic very traumatizing and then they need session for that too because or they need to go through their own healing process for that too because imagine working with us and we i have plenty of those clients where they're working with jesus and they're working with virgin mary and they're working with different energies that they believe are real and coming to them giving them messages and the thing is that those energies will give you one piece of the truth but then the other parts are not true and they will keep you in a loop just to drive you crazy. And sometimes they do it just for fun. And sometimes they'll do it because they are sent on purpose, whether it is by dark forces or the um, ET. So it becomes very convoluted, uh, so complex that the person really has to be really strong to go through that process of finding those, those imposters and those people that have a lot of issues with, not trusting spirit guides or over-trusting, or they have doubts. Um, Our soul deep down knows what's going on. So a lot of those doubts are just cheat sheets to let us know something is wrong here. We need to open our mind, our consciousness, and our heart to understand. The biggest thing throughout my journey has been to help my clients understand all the magic that we're seeking is within us. It's not outside of us. So what happened when I started doing the therapy work was I was working with clients and they wanted to do magic work. And I was not happy about what I was seeing because a lot of people wanted their spirit guides outside of them to face everything for them. But they were not taking responsibility for their actions and there were no healing to not make the same mistakes. So what they will do is they will fix one problem and they will go and come back and say, I now have another problem. But the real issue at the at the root of it was the same problem. You're not taking responsibility for your actions, you're not healing, you're not understanding, you're not becoming nobody new because you're still believing what you believed two, three months ago. And so how do you expect this to go away when you're still doing the same things, right? So I was very disappointed with a lot of those people that were my clients back then. And I stopped doing any of that work because I wanted people to understand all of this through my journey in 21 Division has been to teach me and teach those that come to me the magic that we have is within us. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care how many other Mambos, hugans, brujas, brujos, whatever you want to call them, priest, priestess say, my truth is that everything that we need is inside of us. So, for us to get to that level where we waken up all of our abilities, we have to go deep within us and to find those deep levels, layers within us, we have to heal the crap that is on the surface that has been there for a lot of lifetimes so that we can then get to the core of, the, I mean, How many people would like to be able to sit down in front, you know, like you sit down in front of somebody and say, why is this thing coming up? What happened on this time frame or whatever it is? And you don't even need tarot. You don't need nothing. All you need to do is pay attention. That's what you can do. A lot of people don't believe that. So they are seeking for things outside of them. And then that's when we have a lot of complications and that's why we're so depressed and so sad and lonely and anxious and all of that because we're not paying attention. So when we heal those layers, what we're doing at the same time is that we are awakening the healer within us. We are awakening the magician within us so that we can do what we really want to do. Right. And it is so much simpler. what people think people think I have to do a million things I have to feed and I have to have the altar food of food and do this and do magic here and the spells and it's not like that in my case it hasn't been like that and trust me when I when I say I have been blessed because the people that are working with me they are getting real solutions real answers and there's no the only magic that is being done is that people are waking up to themselves so My goal is always to help people understand the magic is within you. So what what is preventing you from your magic? And sometimes it could be all of these lost energies that are trapped within your auric field that are not letting you think clear. because a lot of them, they will cover different energy centers because that's where your power is. If your power, if your chakras are not in alignment, a lot of the time it could be not only your own traumas, but the traumas of those energies that you picked up. And because they attach to the different energy centers, especially the solar places, the heart, the chakra, this one here that prevents you from seeing and truly understanding, because you might have so many different ones attached to those areas. So you cannot see, your third eye is blocked. No, no kidding. Why? Because when you start working through it, you're going to see not only your own traumas, but you're also going to find a lot of attachments. I had a client, She ha, she's very powerful. She This woman is amazing. Like She has no idea how much power she has, but she has so many spirit attachments that we first had to get rid of those attachments for them to go deeper within her journey in order for her to heal the anxiety and depression that she was having. She's out of medication now. I mean, I'm not saying that that's going to happen to everybody, but you can see how these multiple layers are going to make make it difficult. Sometimes people say, I cannot feel anything, even though I try. And it's because they might have so many attachments in the heart space that is blocking the connection between the heart and the mind. So evaluating your life and evaluating, um, you know, your, like, see like a movie. What has happened to you? And if you're hearing intrusive thoughts, if you're doing things that are not normal for you, if you started changing the way that you look, if you started doing things that doesn't make sense to you, you may have those spirit attachments. And then you can work through releasing those attachments um, bef- and it's going to be layers of that. So, you know, if if you have spirit attachments, you do, you got to work on it. If you don't, great, because then you can go deeper into your journey without... Um, really going crazy, right? Another type of spirit attachments that sometimes, these are rare, but they happen, is the lost angels. And the angels are those energies that came to assist someone, to give a message, to assist. And somehow, they got so involved in the life of whoever they were assisting, that they get disconnected from the realm. And then they somehow they don't know how to find their way back or they don't want to because the person is so attached to them that they really have to work on releasing. So the client and the angel has to release at the same time in order for them to be able to go back. Because if the person is so holding them down, it's almost like they cannot take off. So energy is so intriguing. And I mean, you we can spend hours and hours talking about energy. And I, I, I you know, obviously I find this fascinating Um, another thing that happens sometimes is, I think I'm going to leave it here because it's too much. It's it's too much for one day, but another, before we continue, I want to talk about, and maybe this is a conversation that I can have another day. The spirits that are attached to you sometimes can be living. They can be alive and it could be a mother, a father, whether they're really nice and they want to take care of you. So they're, they attach to you, a part of them attaches to you to make sure that you are okay. And another type is the one that is alive, but they want to cause harm because they're so malicious that they are with you to remind you that you're stupid, that you suck, that you're a loser, that you're never never gonna make it. And you just keep hearing them over and over. That could be because a part of them is attached to you and they can be alive. We are energy beings. We don't have to be dead to attach to somebody else. What, how this happen? It's very simple. At that moment when there is an intense emotion and they are so, in that moment, like let's say they have so much rage, the lower vibrations are going to be the ones that, are, that behave in a way that can be faster because they have so much energy to them, like rage, hatred, that energy. Let's say they're beating you and they're beating you because they think that you didn't listen to them and I, it's just coming up. I has so many clients with this issue. They're beating you. And when they're beating you, a part of them is almost there, like coming into your auric field and attaching. And because you're so vulnerable, you are letting this part come to come in contact with you. You're vulnerable. The person that is supposed to love you is being a beast. So that part is so strong that it's like a like a, like a gunshot. like he just attaches and when he attaches, he doesn't leave because he doesn't know that he attached and that he doesn't belong there. So what happens is the child grows up and even 40, 50 years later the child is still listening to the same thing that that father or that mother or that aunt or uncle was doing when or brother or sister was doing, when he attached and he repeats and repeats and repeats. And we think, oh, it's a dead person. And it could be someone that is alive. And we have to do the work to release them too, because that person is just continuing to replay the same thing that they were saying when they were hitting you or they were doing the evil things that they were doing to you. And sometimes it could be simple. It could be a moment when Someone says to someone, a child, a brother, sister, aunt, uncle, neighbor, you're stupid. And because the way it was done with so much, I mean, obviously they have to say it with so much energy. And the other person has to be in that moment when they're allowing this information to come through. Because if you don't allow it, but if you allow it, then it attaches. And then that is just replaced. You're stupid. You're stupid. You're stupid. You're stupid. You're a loser. You're a loser. So that is a living energy that is attached to you and is causing you to have reparative thoughts. So anyways, um, let me just read the comments real quick. How about past life attachment with another that are, yeah, if, if they're alive or, you know, the thing that I find fascinating and the more clients that I see and the more people that I assist with this and the investigation groups that I participate with from different, with different therapists throughout, you know, uh, the different uh, countries is that we find is that a lot of these lost souls and things that we think are disembodied energies that are random, a lot of the time we know them from past lives, like a huge amount, percentage, I don't know what number because we don't keep track of those numbers, but it's, it's so high that it's like, we don't, we don't even we cannot even say that we don't know these people because a lot of the time we do know these people. And a lot of the time it's from past lives. And like we we just talked about, um, a lot of the things that we hear and that are repetitive in our mind, when we hear those repetitive thoughts can be from this life where a living person, that someone that is alive, caused a piece of themselves to attach to you. And like I said, it's not just we're not just one soul, our soul has particles, and those particles, let's say we have 10% light, right, like that, that 10% that science says that we use, that, that we use in our brain, like our brain capacity, 10%, imagine that, the particles of light, 10%, how much energy, I mean, like when we die, we, we are like a bomb, and it's like, boom, a nuclear bomb energetically, right, Imagine how many pieces have to compose, have to make up that bomb, that spirit. So it's thousands of different particles. And if one particle of you detaches and attaches to somebody else, you're still okay. You're still alive. It's just that you have less energy because you gave a piece of yourself that is now attached to somebody else, right? So uh, every time that we fragment, we lose energy. And because we lose energy, we get really tired. We don't have willpower. We lose. The more we defront men, the more tired and, and the less willpower we have. So, you know, if you want to see it like that. Yeah. Um, it's is really so perfectly. I needed to hear. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked it. Okay. So, hi, Sheree. Beautiful. So I'm not going to read every comment. But anyways, I hope that you found something useful. I have a hard time making videos lately because of the schedule. And then sometimes I feel like if people can find the information, I don't want to repeat the information. So um, I'm having some some issues with that. So I think I would like to know what people want to go further into um because I don't want to just have same information that you can find online right so I wanted it to be useful and that it makes sense and that it can be something that that adds value to to all of us right so I'm gonna leave it here and I'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you so much for being here. If you have any comments about the next video that w- I think the next one I want to either talk about the ET implants or disembodied energies that are very malevolent. I think that's one that, or the reptilians, because I think sometimes people, when they we, we find the reptilians, they are so in denial that they um, prevent a lot of healing to happen because they're in denial. So we'll see. All right, guys, I'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you.